Hello and welcome to all my lovely listeners out there. Have I got yet another treat for you today. Antonia Mercarella is the Chief Executive Officer of the Real Estate Institute of Queensland. She is an accomplished CEO and solicitor. She has over two decades of experience in the real estate and property sectors. She is known as one of the most influential people in Queensland real estate and also in Queensland business. Antonia and I chat about some crucial property stats that have come out of Queensland. She shares some amazing insights and her wonderful wisdom with us. So stay tuned. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Female Investor, your chance to get involved with all things property, finance, investment strategy, and lots more. I'm Kate Hill, the co-author of the book, The Female Investor, Creating Wealth, Security and Freedom Through Property. I'm an award-winning property mentor, coach, a qualified property investment advisor and founder of Buyers Agency Advisable. Now remember everyone that this podcast is provided for general information purposes only. It does not replace your finance, tax, legal or finance product advice. You should always seek advice from licensed and trusted professionals. If you want to improve your chances of creating an income for life, this is your place to listen, be inspired and motivated. So come on, ladies, stay tuned and let's do this together. Antonia, I'm so thrilled to have you with us today. Just as a little reminder, everyone, as I said in my main introduction, Antonia is the Chief Executive Officer of the Real Estate Institute of Queensland. So, Antonia, welcome to The Female Investor. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be with you. We really are honoured to have you with us today. We know you're a very busy lady, especially at the moment. Before we get really into the whole property talk, although property is our life really, isn't it? Tell us a little bit about you. Tell us a bit about what you do and the really important work that the Real Estate Institute of Queensland does. Thank you. Uh, So a little bit about me. Uh, I have been with the REIQ now for, it's coming up to 12 years. I've been CEO for just a little over eight years. I have been working within the real estate sector for the last two decades. I'm a lawyer by trade, uh, by background. I started many, many years ago with the Real Estate Institute of South Australia as their general counsel, and that was my first foray into the property sector, and it gets under your skin. And so I did I did leave RESA, the Real Estate Institute of South Australia, and I went back to practice law. I actually opened my own law firm in Adelaide, but RESA was one of my key clients. So I have stayed involved with the property sector for about uh, close to 20 years. And in terms of the work that I do with the REIQ, I'm their CEO. Look, the, the work that we do, I think, is incredibly important. We're obviously a membership body, but we are also the peak body for real estate in Queensland. Mm -hmm. And our role is to really ensure that advocacy is a really important part of our role. And our role is to ensure that when proposed legislation 
is being floated, that we're able to provide a, a unique perspective on that. Mm. Uh, often uh, people misunderstand what our role is. They think mm. that we're a regulatory authority. They think that we're the body that issues licences to real estate practitioners. Yes. We're not. That's the role of the Office of Fair Trading. Mm. Certainly our role is to support uh, the regulator's role and, as you would expect, as a peak body, we are committed to ensuring that real estate professionals are, are compliant and they adhere to legislation. But really, our role is to support the real estate profession in Queensland. And that means we offer forms and documentation. It means that we offer best practice training and guidance. So certainly training and professional development is very much one of our key roles. But advocacy for me, that's the space where I dedicate the majority of my time and attention to. And so that means we sit on a on a variety of stakeholder groups. We work with lots of different organisations. Mm-hmm. And really, sometimes I think we're misunderstood, you know, because our role is to make sure that legislative settings, that regulatory settings are there in a way that don't just support real estate professionals. That's obviously important to us. But actually, we want to make sure those settings are right for consumers as well. And so certainly that advocacy, when I talk about our role, advocacy is where I always gravitate to because I think it's very much uh, what's at the heart of our organisation and what we exist for. Absolutely. Yes, heartily agree, if I I can put it like that. (laughs) It's not really my place to agree or disagree, but I think your role all the real estate institutes across the country, their role is so important. Also in terms of advocating, like you say, for consumers, I think Mm. in terms of education, the resources that you have available on your websites are really important. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think what's been really interesting over the last couple of years is our role within the community and how we support the broader community Mm. has really changed. If I think about covid we played a really critical role. I, I think I think we were all fumbling in the dark during, yeah. during that period, and to some extent we still are, but we've just managed to perhaps um, navigate our way through and understand it a little bit better. And we played a really critical role in that time. Yeah, we actually yeah. were, were doing lots of information for the community. We had the community reaching out to us directly. And I think even during, of course, legislative reforms been happening here in that residential tenancy space, yeah. tenancy reform is sweeping mm. across Australia. We do. We, we talk to a lot of tenants. We talk mm. to property owners. We talk to property managers. And even in that space, I think sometimes there's a misunderstanding. People assume that we are acting on behalf of property owners and that Mm. we're anti-tenant. And, of course, that's not true at all. We, again, Mm. in that space, we recognise that there's a need for a really good, robust, clear regulatory Mm. framework for all parties that are involved in in residential tenancies. So I think COVID and residential tenancies reforms Mm. um, have allowed us to play a far bigger role in the community. And, of course, we also, in the media work that we do and and with the stakeholders that we work with, you know, the the benefit of, of those sorts of opportunities is that I think we get to demonstrate 
that we do have a role that, of course, is always going to be focused on the real estate community, but also is focused on Queensland and and protecting the interests of of tenants and and property owners and and investors and really all of those different stakeholders that are involved in in a variety of different real estate transactions. Yes, absolutely. And I I do encourage everyone to head over to the REIQ website. It's it's I think you have great like I say great resources on there. I always I get a lot from just in doing my research, you know, um, in terms of property statistics or just what's happening. I do, I get a lot of information from, like I say, most of the Real Estate Institute websites across the nation. So it's a great resource for everyone. So on that note, let's talk about some recent stats on Queensland property. Now, you guys have had it all going on in the past few months. (laughs) Um, It's been a little bit busy. Yeah, just a little bit. I know. We, uh, the Property Investment Professionals of Australia, they recently conducted a survey which found that nearly 30% of rental dwellings have been, how did they put it, stripped away from the Queensland market in the last two years, as more than 160,000 investment properties were potentially sold to home buyers. So, in my role as buyers agents, I'm often up against these home buyers, and I know there was a lot of them out there. The survey found that a massive 45% of investors had sold at least one property in Queensland in that two years to August 2022. Further analysis of the data, this is all reaching the same conclusion really here, but I just find these stats really interesting. Further analysis of the data found that nearly two-thirds of all investment dwellings were bought by owner-occupiers over the period, which means that the rental stock in Queensland has potentially fallen, like we say, by almost 30% or about 160,000 dwellings in two years. Now, not only that, 19% of investors nationwide indicated that they intended to sell even more property over the year ahead in Queensland. The number one reason being that new land tax, which we will talk about separately shortly, which hopefully won't be the case anymore. Now, investors often do get a bit of a bad rap in the press for all sorts of reasons. A lot of our female investor listeners are existing or budding investors. So let's talk about the why property investors are so important to the Queensland property market, because we are seeing rents skyrocket for a number of reasons. And that's I think all those stats are just one of them. Yeah, it's uh it's been a it's been an incredibly mm. challenging time in mm. Queensland. Uh certainly not exclusively in Queensland, no. but we do have some we do have some fairly unique things happening. Yes. Mm. Uh good old Queensland, we're always a little bit different uh, <laughs> as we like to be. Um so look, mm. I think you mentioned a variety of 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 factors mm. there. So what we have seen is of course even before the pandemic, even before the onset of COVID-19, we were the number one destination for instant yeah. migration in the country. And as you would have seen, and as the statistics clearly show, we've had an enormous influx. Uh, interstate migration's been extraordinary. You're the number one number one destination from, yeah, we are. Uh, from New South Wales and Victoria. Correct. Mm. And you would have seen that predominantly they've come from New South Wales and Victoria. Mm-hmm. And probably not surprised given what happened during the pandemic. But again, I want to be really clear and say I don't think we can exclusively point to COVID-19 
Agreed. Uh, we were already before the pandemic seeing this um, this mm. wave of interstate migration, and I think what's at play there is that we are particularly relative to, to Sydney and Melbourne. Um, Brisbane is far more affordable, and I think our livability speaks for itself. There's a there's a bunch of different livability factors and affordability factors that I think make us very appealing. And of course, COVID I think really accelerated that demand. Mm-hmm. Um, so so you've got these very in some instances very cashed up buyers coming from other jurisdictions and coming in and grabbing that property. And uh, and of course we want this. I I want to see the sunshine state. Mm-hmm. Uh, attracting new and great talent. It's what our state needs. But of course, as you can appreciate, it also causes some angst when you've got these cashed up buyers coming from another state. It it can sometimes create a little bit of uh, animosity, if you like, Mm. amongst the locals. So we had that happening. Uh, And of course, what we also saw is people were, again, driven by, I think, COVID-19, during the pandemic, not surprisingly, we're looking for a sense of security. And I think we all know that property is that thing that is tangible and it represents security. Shelter always has represented security. So we saw lots of people who have been on the fence for a long time suddenly saying to themselves, I need to buy myself property. I need to get myself a piece of security. So we saw that happening as well, lots of people transitioning to ownership. And I just think what we've also seen is investors saying, I'm going to sell up on account of a few things. Firstly, Mm -hmm. because the sales market has been so strong. Mm -hmm. So as you would expect, some investors have decided to maximise that opportunity and to sell and to realise that mm. that very significant capital gain that that's many owners and investors have experienced. Mm. But also, I think we need to acknowledge, Kate, that there are some investors who have made a decision that they want out simply because it's become too onerous to be an investor. And we, we've, we've heard these stories of whether it's on account of you know, rental reforms, of course, here in Queensland, we've just enacted phase one rental reforms. We're about to embark on phase two of those rental reforms. Uh, You mentioned land tax. Whilst whilst that's now been shelved, uh, that legislative reform, of course, did pass in Parliament earlier this year. Luckily, we've been able to successfully have that shelved. But all of these things are factors that, of course, when you're an investor, you have a choice about where you invest your money. Mm. And we know that investing in property is very popular with Australians, but we also know that progressively what we're seeing is that owning property gets harder and harder. It gets more onerous, Mm. whether it be legislative reforms that constrain your decision-making abilities, Uh, whether it's that we're seeing local and state governments charging higher rates to Mm. investors. Banks, of course, uh, charge different interest rates to Mm. investors. Mm. APRA, the banking regulator, has different rules when it comes to investors. 
And I think when you combine all of those things, they will have an impact on investor confidence and the appeal of the property market. So as a result, we have seen some investors walking away from the market. Now, back to your original question, which was the role that investors play in the marketplace. Well, here in Queensland, they play a critical role. We have a a higher proportion of renters in Queensland. That has always historically been the case. Mm. Around 36% of our population Mm. rent their homes. Now, that's an enormous percentage, 36%. And what we know about that is Mm. that our market relies predominantly on private investors Mm. to do the heavy lifting when it comes to housing Queenslanders. So, Over 90% of that supply of rental housing comes from private investors. Uh, The Queensland government provides under 4% of of housing. So the vast majority of that housing is coming from investors. Mm. And what we're starting to see play out now is, of course, the demand for rental housing in Queensland has grown significantly because we've got our normal local demand But, of course, now we've got this interstate migration happening and, of course, now the international borders are reopening uh, Mm -hmm. and have reopened, so we're getting some some new demand there as well. Mm -hmm. And so you've got this growing queue of renters or prospective renters and, of course, the supply of housing of those long-term rental properties has diminished considerably. And that's why we're seeing these stats that you're hearing about. Um, I'm constantly doing stories about the obscenely low vacancy rates that our state is currently experiencing and has been experiencing for some time. It's why we're seeing rents increasing at levels that we've not seen before. And that is because we simply don't have enough properties on the market. Now, it's this interesting dynamic that's happening at the moment because we as an organisation, of course, we want to see people, if they want to be homeowners, we want to see them successfully mm. realising that dream of home ownership. So we're not disappointed when we hear stories about people successfully acquiring a property mm that is as an owner occupier that's fantastic of course we want to encourage that we we want to see uh, more initiatives introduced to accelerate that but of course we've got to recognize kate that there will always be a proportion of our community who actually want to rent Mm -hmm. who choose to rent Mm -hmm. or even if they would like to become homeowners Sadly, for a range of reasons, they may not be in a position to be able to buy. And so making sure that we've got ongoing rental supply that allows someone who wants to rent or chooses to rent to be able to find a property, that's really important. So we need to see vacancy rates back in that we classify a healthy market just for your listeners, as somewhere between 2.6 to 3.5%. 
The majority of Queensland is well below 1% at the moment. Regional Queensland is shocking. Yes, I know. Um, there's virtually no rentals available in certain parts mm. of our state. But mm. even in Brisbane, the rental market is incredibly tight. And mm. so what that then does, as you can imagine, is it drives rents up. It also creates this very unhealthy competitive landscape where it becomes dog-eat-dog and you end up with situations where people are basically getting into bidding wars for properties, Mm -hmm. which is really disturbing. And, of course, it also means that we're seeing these very tragic stories of families living in cars and living in tents and couch surfing. And none of those things are things that, give us joy. And and sometimes I'm really disappointed mm-hmm. when, you know, you've got to sort of steer clear of social media because it can be a dangerous place to go where there's this perception that somehow we enjoy a market like this, that mm. we, and, yeah. and indeed no. even seen some people comment that real estate agents are to blame and that we've created this market. And I don't understand that thinking mm. and I don't think anyone who's a human being would see that what we're facing is is beneficial mm. or, or or a good news story. It's not a good news story. And we need to make sure mm. that we are encouraging people to invest in Queensland and to be providing housing to people who need to be who need a, a roof over their heads at night. Yeah. Yeah, and at the critical point we do have to talk about is is that land tax reform bill that passed. It came in amongst all of this, and I remember reading about this going, what on earth are they thinking? They're not thinking. It's it's going to make all of that even worse. I can't even begin to tell you how much I agree also with everything that you say. I've been talking about all this stuff for months. <laughs> and all really, I, I know it's not officially repealed yet. It's been shelved, but all it would have done, it will have had an impact already. Just those few months of that looming threat, people were uh, not choosing not to buy in Queensland, they were choosing to sell in Queensland already because of that. So you, there will be an, you know, I, I mean, I'm sure it'll get made up, but that that will be felt. Just those people stepping out of that Queensland market for for, for those even those few months. So we we really need to sort of celebrate and congratulate you on the efforts that you you know what you've achieved you know we were all campaigning against it but you know we i feel like we need to be popping the champagne corks just to the tenants in queensland really it's yeah and i think whenever i talk about this i'm conscious that you know we've copped some criticism there's there's a bit of cynicism about about Mm. the reiq's role and why we took the position we took but Make no mistake, almost immediately when this legislation uh, was passed uh, and, of course, accountants uh, and advisors started Mm -hmm. to notify, we immediately saw the impact. It was quite an extraordinary thing. I would have real estate agents regularly Mm -hmm. emailing me to say, you know, I remember one email, one, one agent said, Antonia, in one day alone, I've had 12 different owners reaching out and telling me to sell as soon as the tenancy agreement uh, comes to an end. Yeah. 
Now, yeah. these are not stories I'm making up. No, and, I know. And buyers <laughs> agents telling us that they were boycotting Queensland. Yeah. We had a builder yeah. uh, who builds thousands of properties each year and his clients basically were boycotting their Queensland strategy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these are not stories we make up. No. Okay. No, and I think sometimes there's this that, and And I want to be really clear. Of course, no one had yet received a land tax bill Mm. under the new regime. But I think this is where politicians don't get it. They don't get the impact that legislative reforms have on psyche, on investor psyche and and, and investor behaviour. So investors will get out before they get that land tax bill. And that's what we were seeing. Or conversely, if you've got money to invest in property, you'll choose a jurisdiction where that doesn't have Absolutely. Uh, land tax based on property holdings throughout the country. I, so I was it, experiencing that. They yeah, were, we had clients telling us we don't want to buy in Queensland. And that's go. right. And these Absolutely. are the stories, these were the stories we were hearing. And look, what we did is and I think from the moment we got word about this proposed land tax reform, we were scratching our heads about yeah. it. And then, of course, when it was passed, I think people were really stunned. Mm. I had a number of organisations say to me, oh, we didn't really pay any attention to it because we thought it was comical and it wouldn't get through. And of bit course, like A bit like Brexit, Antonia. No one thought that was going to happen either. Correct. Actually, good <laughs> yeah. analogy. That's quite right. And yeah. uh, and so um, I'm really thrilled that it's been shelved. Absolutely. And, and, and I think we've got to recognise that it came at the worst possible time. It really is. I don't know that there would ever have been a good time to introduce such an illogical tax, but certainly it couldn't have come at a no, worse time. So, and what I will say no. is I think... Of course, the several premiers who came out and publicly stated that they wouldn't play ball and wouldn't mm. share the data, you know, it's been said that that was the reason. I don't think that was the reason, personally. I think that actually, look, it certainly helped our cause, but I actually think that it was a collective effort. I think what we were able to do is we were very vocal about this from, from day one. Agreed. When we first got word around Christmas time last year, mm-hmm. We're very vocal, but I think the reason that we were able to lead this campaign so successfully is because we kept feeding these stories, these mm. real-life stories yeah. to the media, and yeah. the media started to shine this spotlight on, on the impact it was having. And here in Queensland, whilst mm. it certainly received national attention, as as it should, given that it impacted uh, property uh, investors all over the country mm. who owned mm. property in Queensland, mm. I can't begin to tell you for, for your listeners who weren't in, who don't live reside in Queensland, it was getting such a massive amount of attention, mm-hmm. and the stories that we were sharing, you just couldn't you you couldn't deny the impact that it was having, mm-hmm. and I and of course a, a range of different stakeholders got involved in in that campaign, and uh, it's just it's great that it's been shelved and and yeah. irrespective of the reasons why the government uh, chose to shelve it it's it's a welcome relief and uh, and I think the beneficiaries will be renters in absolutely in absolutely without question it's um I yes no there's no way that those other premiers saying that was the I totally agree with you when I when I heard that I went yeah right they they needed to find a way to back back out of this in a politically okay way. <laughs> 
Um, well, that, yeah. Whatever. Well, let, let's just they say did. that. Let's just say <laughs> that that was a that was also a pretty neat off ramp. Yes. Uh, uh, that, that allowed them to to say. That's right. Let's that's go. Cool. That's yeah. such a good idea. No, absolutely. And and in my not infrequent rantings about it, really, all I kept thinking about, I myself have four properties in Queensland, right? And I have personally experienced these rents going up, which just as a human being, when, you know, you get your property manager calling you saying, hey, your rent can go up by 50 bucks a week and the tenant's pleading, please, I can't, no, I can't, you're negotiating with them. It's heartbreaking, seriously. And that, and some of those are regional Queensland properties as well, right? Yeah, that, that's right. And I think it's heartbreaking love. And I, I mean, I'm getting a lot of clients making the calls to me going, hey, what do I do? Because they they actually, we do care about the tenants. We don't want to, like you said, none of us want to be in this position, despite what everybody thinks out there. We don't. It's heartbreaking to see homelessness, to see financial hardship, just, you know, from human to human. It's not healthy. I think so too. And I, I mm. what I will say is, it's extraordinary the number of uh, look. The media will always focus on certain issues, uh, and yeah. and look, to be fair, the media uh-huh. actually really helped with the land tax campaign. Yeah. But equally, as we all know, that can be a double edged sword. Yeah. Um, what I will say is, we hear these stories about tenants who are, who have experienced these whopping mm. uh, rent increases, and so I recognise that that's happening. Um, but also we've heard lots of stories about property owners uh, instructing their property managers not to move the rent in line with market conditions. Right. Now, of course, property managers have mm. a fiduciary obligation to act mm-hmm. in their in their clients' best interest. So they have an obligation to let their owners know what market conditions are and what Mm. market rent should be. Mm. But many property owners, if they are in a financial position to to do this, will say, Mm. no, I'm not going to do that. They couldn't possibly Mm. afford that kind of an increase. But the challenge becomes, of course, though, Depending on when you've acquired that property, some property owners will be in a position where they've acquired the property at a, at a point in time and as a result uh, they don't need to be charging rent that is necessarily in line mm-hmm. with market conditions. But keep in mind that in many cases uh, people or, or, or uh, people have, a bought, have bought a property at, at, a, at a much higher price point mm. and therefore what they need to charge in rent that they, mm. they've bought in a certain market so they need to therefore charge rent that is based on market conditions at that point in time and and that's there's some of the things that mm. there's some of those things that the media don't report on and, right. and renters don't understand that potentially um, their new landlord, their new property owner, their landlord may have bought that property at a much, much higher rate and therefore there's not a lot of flexibility there for them. They're, they're, yeah. getting, they're, they're having a mm. service mm. mortgage at a different level to what mm. the former owner. And, and these right. are all the things that I think get missed. No, I agree. Don't get discussed. Absolutely. And also with the rising interest rates, you know, people's borrowing capacity is less. Sometimes a lender has a certain minimum yield 
that an uh, that a that a property buyer needs to achieve in order to get the loan on the property. And if you've got a six hundred thousand dollar property on a and a four hundred dollar a week rent when it should be five fifty, they're not going to be able to. So the the current owner won't be able to sell because the rent is too low. The new owner won't be able to buy because the new rent is so low. So there, like you say, there are those That's conditions right. as well. And if that seller needs to sell. He either has to drop his price, which isn't, you know, not great. So there is very much a fine balance to be struck, I think, between being sort of business and market savvy, but also being kind and understanding and a decent human being to your tenants if you're in a position to be. Exactly. To and that. I think the other the other yeah. thing to point mm. out about, about Queensland, mm. exclusive to us, but, you no. know, Queensland's been no. an interesting rental market. You know, there are some parts of regional Queensland that not that many years ago were really hurting. We had double-digit vacancy rates. That's right. If I, mm. you know, and mm. particularly those that, you know, during the resources downturn, yes. uh, we, we saw some property owners doing it really tough mm, now mm. i don't remember an outcry over that <laughs> when property owners no, were having right. to drop rents and even when mm. you know and i will acknowledge that rents over the last two and a half years have risen considerably but again mm. if you did an analysis on a longer term basis you'll find that rental prices have actually moved at a fairly modest pace yes. generally speaking in queensland yes. So again, I think that it's dangerous when we focus on um, mm. just a point in time or focus on a particular detail without mm. looking at the bigger picture, which can often tell us a very different story. Mm. That's right. But look, you know, we both know that the, the you know a lot in the media is is clickbait, right? So they want to portray drama and crisis and. You know, which I'm not saying isn't out there, but they tend often not to present a balanced picture of what is and what the reasons are behind these things, right? Yeah, quite so, right. Mm, so do you have any, I guess, if I can put it like this, little words of encouragement for our female property investors considering the Queensland market? <laughs> bye, I bye, have bye. lots of words of encouragement. <laughs> yes. Look, what I would say mm. is I do think mm. Queensland is... I think it's a, a great place to invest. If you're thinking about investing, mm. um, I do think there's plenty of great opportunities in, in this state. I think we're a very unique property market. And, of course, I want to, I even want to be careful about calling it the Queensland property market because yeah. Queensland is, of course, we have this, what makes us pretty unique is our decentralised population. So, mm. Yes, the majority of us live in the southeast corner, but, you know, we're very unique in that we've got these regional markets and, of course, we've got so much going for us. I think mm. personally I have been saying for many years that I think Brisbane is the most exciting city in Australia and I've been saying that for a number of years and I think we've got an enormous amount going on and, of yeah. course, um, we've now got the Olympics announcement, albeit that it's still some 10 years away. There's a lot to be said for the confidence that that, mm. that brings. Oh, and just of goodwill. Course, goodwill. Well, that's right. And the infrastructure mm. that that, yeah. that comes with mm. uh, being an Olympic city. And, mm. of course, the, the great thing about that announcement is that it won't be exclusively limited to, to Brisbane. Brisbane. No, uh, various mm. parts of Queensland will share mm. in that mm. activity, mm. which I think is a great thing. But 
there's a lot going on here. I think, again, we've got so much happening in this city and in this state. We've had mm. this massive number of new people coming into the Sunshine State, lots of new talent from other states yeah. that's moved here. COVID mm. means that COVID has really accelerated our flexible work arrangements. Mm. So suddenly you, you can you yeah. can actually have a job that has headquarters perhaps in Sydney mm. or Melbourne mm. and be based in Queensland. So I think we've got lots going on for us. From an investor perspective, I think property values have held really firm. We've seen yeah. extraordinary price growth over the last mm. few years here in Queensland. Mm. Mm. Uh, whilst property prices are, are dipping quite a bit in other states and territories, Queensland's holding nice and firm. Um, property prices are, are mm. still really stable. Mm. We've always had a very strong rental population. So mm. You know, you mm-hmm. and certainly at the moment, if you're if you're investing in Queensland, have no fear. You will find a tenant very easily. Um, you don't have to worry about your your mm-hmm. property sitting vacant too long. On the contrary, mm-hmm. you have a very long queue out the front. And yes, obviously we have gone through rental reforms, but I think what I would say about that is we've got reasonably fair and balanced rental laws. Mm. Uh, You know, when you look at what's happening across Australia, all uh, governments across Australia are looking Mm. at at rental laws. Uh, I think, you know, I'm not going to say we embraced all of those phase one Mm. rental reforms that started on the 1st of October here in Queensland. And as I've already mentioned, there are more to come. But I think Uh, When you look at some other places, I think what's been introduced here is better, Mm. is fairer. So so that's always going to bring, you know, Mm. rental laws will always bring some challenges. But I think Mm. think it's a great place to invest. I think we've got a lot going on here in Brisbane and Mm. in Queensland as a whole. And uh, I think it's a great place to invest your money. We've got a lot happening, a lot to be confident about. So talk to your buyer's agents about the best place to buy, right? That's me. (laughs) That's right. Look, um, and we've been buying for our clients in the Queensland area, in the Brisbane area for, for many years. I have always been a strong advocate for that region. There's like you say, I think the the economy, you know, let's not forget that economy. It's not just all lifestyle. People want work, right? So I think right. there's booming economy, there's opportunity. I love it. So I agree with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> and we will continue to support you guys, you know, in the in the future, especially now, right? That that onerous uh, little <laughs> land tax reform thing has been shelved. So uh, having said that, it, I was not I was not boycotting. Just for the record, I was you know still advocating because I think it was it would have still been. There are still there would have still been many opportunities out there. So anyway, Antonia, thank you so much for your insights, your time, sharing all your wonderful knowledge with us. We really do appreciate it. Oh, that's an absolute pleasure. It's been a delight to speak with you. And hopefully we can have you on again where we can do more celebrating about how wonderful and awesome the Queensland property market is. Sounds (laughs) terrific. I look forward to it. And we will talk to you again soon. Thanks so much, Antonia. 
And that's it for this episode. You can email any questions and comments that you have on info at thefemaleinvestor.com.au. Don't forget to grab a copy of your book, The Female Investor. You can go to your local bookstore, go to Amazon, Booktopia, or anywhere that good books are sold. Head to the website at thefemaleinvestor.com.au, where you'll find lots of resources on property, news, tips, and videos. Stay safe and well, everyone. I'll talk to you all again soon, and bye for now.